And so I can then recall things from six months ago, nine months ago, ten years ago. And I can recall that. And it still has the same effect. And so the addiction of, of uh, pornography and things like that are stronger because we can't just take the thing away, but it's actually in our mind. And so we need, we need to be clean from that. We need to be purified from that. And that's what David is, is calling for here. Change my habits. Number six, change my habits. What have my habits been? What has led me to those sins? What is it that I need to do to stay away from those? Just this weekend, we were with another couple from church here, and they were referring to, I think it was somebody in their family, a, actually a young Amish boy, I think, that was, got caught up in drugs, and he did his time, and now he's, he's out of prison. But they just made the comment that he often stays home many evenings. And the reason he does is because he knows what his habits were. And he knows that when he goes out evenings and does things, he's going to be tempted to return to where he was and repeat what he did. And he doesn't want that. And so he chooses to stay home. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm referring to here, changing our habits, realizing what got us there and what pulls us there and making effort and, and dis, making decisions that keep us from getting pulled back into that so that we're not affected by it again. Change your habits. The last part of that verse, renew a right spirit within me. What is a right spirit? In 2004 and 2005, there was a study of the most popular pornographic movies at that time. And out of those, 88% of the scenes portrayed violence against women. And 95% of the time, those scenes, when they happened, the ladies who this was the violence was done to them, 99% of the time, those ladies either had no response to it or they responded in pleasurable ways. And so what happens is when we watch things like that, our mind begins to get trained that, oh, see what happened? She got hit. And she said she likes that. And so what happens is it starts to train our mind and we begin to think that, well, ladies must like that. Is there any wonder that we have so much domestic abuse in, in America when people are watching things like that, when they're constantly watching things that portray that? And our mind, our mind begins to, when we feed on a diet of that, we begin to think. We begin to think in ways that God doesn't want us to think. And we begin to think, well, that's natural. And this is, this is, what sh this is how I should do. And David's saying, I think that's what David's saying is restore a right mind. Re take my mind, Lord, and restore it back to what it should be. Where when I, when I see a lady, I, I want to be kind to her. I want to be gentle with her. 
I think it's important that, that we ask God to restore a right mind in us if we're involved in things like that. that, that we see other humans as God sees them. People who are created in his image to bring him honor and not as objects for my desire and for my pleasure. That they become something for me to enjoy. Restore a right spirit in me. Verse 11, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Lord, keep me connected. See, God doesn't dwell where there is sin. He can't dwell where, this, where there is sin because he hates sin. And so when I'm involved in that sin, there's a, there's a separation. I separate from God because of the sin that I'm committing. And David is, is pleading, Lord, keep me connected. Don't cast me out from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But I want your Holy Spirit back. I want your spirit working in my heart. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. You see, we can't live sinful lives and have the Holy Spirit in our heart and have God present. Because when I choose to live in sin, when I make that choice to repeatedly commit sin and to live in that, continue in that state, there's a separation from God in my relationship. There's a, I separate myself from him because of the sin that is there. If we say we have, no, if we say we have fellowship with him and, we, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We can't have both. We can't have fellowship and walk in darkness. Verse 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. I think David's asking, he wants to experience joy in, this, in the simple things. He wants to experience joy as like God wants him to experience. You see, He's actually, I think, referring to the fact that he's, he lost his salvation in the middle there. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Because when we live in that sin, there's a, not only does God separate himself, I think there comes a point where we lose our salvation if we don't take care of this. And he's saying, I, I, want, I, want, to be, I want to experience your joy, God. I want to experience salvation. I want to, be, to experience the power of salvation. You see, sin is, is, when we live in sin, we begin to enjoy that. And, and it, it starts to take away from the joy of our salvation, just the joy that we have because we're just serving Christ, appreciating nature, appreciating people around us. And we begin to, to always go back to this, this sin, and that's what we go to for our thrill. And what happens is we... We, we go there and we get our, our thrill, it's short-lived, and then, and then we need it again to feel that again, and so we do it again. And, so, and what happens is over time, we need, we need it more often 
to experience that, and we need it to be more explicit so that we can experience that high, or we need it longer. We, it's, it's unfulfilling, sin is, and so I constantly need more and more and more. And you've heard of, we, we say the phrase that it'll take you where you don't want to go. It'll take you further. And that's why, is because I need more, and I need a repeat of it to get that, that fulfillment that I should be finding in my salvation and my relationship with Christ. And that's what David's crying out here for. He wants that to be returned. He wants to have a, a, a joy in just the simple things, and even joy in the salvation that God gives him. Verse six is change, or verse uh, seventh, sixth thing is change my habits. Number seven is pursue Christ. Instead of pursuing those sinful pleasures, I think we need to pursue Christ. Make effort to serve Him. Make effort to serve others around us that we come in contact with. The next two verses I think reflect the results of for a forgiven person, and so David. David, in the beginning part of this psalm, he has confessed it. He's asked for cleansing. And in verse 13 and 15 um, is a result of that forgiveness. Verse 13, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You see, USB keeps me from serving others. It keeps me from caring about others. It keeps me from serving in the church. We saw some uh, statistics last week of that. And there's a direct correlation between how involved we are in, in sexual sin and how much service we give to the church. It's been proven that the more involved you are, the less involved you are at church. The more involved you are with sin, the, the less you are involved with church. And now David realizes that. And he's saying, Then will I teach transgress, transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto you. You see, it's impossible to serve others. It's impossible to be a light for Christ when there's sin in my life. But David's saying, I've repented. I've been cleansed. Now, God, I want to, I want to be effective again. I want, to, I want to bring sinners to you. I want to affect those around me in a positive way. Because I have a clean heart now. Because I sense the need for a, that others may have. I, I, I sense the hurts that they have. Because my heart is clean and is pure. Verse 14, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. God, just remove that, that guilt from me. And then he says, if you do that, I'm going to have freedom to sing. I'm going to have freedom to experience the joy that you want me to experience. Then shall my tongue sing aloud of thy righteousness. Verse 15, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. David's saying, God, give me opportunity, and I'll, I'll bring glory to you. And you know, even though committing these sins, any of the, that list, is, it is humiliating. But you know what? We have a God who wants to use 
fallen man like you and I to make a difference in his kingdom. And we have a God who wants to use people who have been changed. And I think God wants to use people who... Just think of David, the sin where he was at. He was a leader in the nation. He fell. He had a man murdered to cover up his sin. And what do we know David as? Man after God's own heart. Now, how can that be? But God wants, wants us to use those things. And, and David did exactly that. David used that, that, that whole fallen story, terrible story. But now today we read through it and we're encouraged and it gives us hope. And I think God can do the same thing in our lives and hearts. As, as we're changed people, we can use, we can use our past and, and we, can give, we can give testimony. We can say, that was me. I was right there. And some of you have done that. And that's encouraging. Not that we glory in what we were and where we were, but we glory in where we are now and that God saved us from there. And we point back and we say, I'm a changed person. And that allows other people who are struggling with it to say, well, if he can do it, if he can experience that, I can experience it too. That's what God wants, is for us to, to testify and to allow him to use our fallen, our mistakes and our fallen past to affect others in a positive way. Verse 16 and 17 for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. You know, God doesn't want people who just go through the, through the, through the actions of serving. He doesn't want people who just, like in the Old Testament, who, who, when they sacrifice. God doesn't want people who just bring sacrifice. He doesn't want just that. He doesn't want us just going through the motions of serving him. But he wants a people with pure lives that are a sacrifice to him. That sacrifice that they did in the Old Testament was only an example of what their lives should be to God. A living sacrifice to him. And that's what God wants. Verses 18 and 19, do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion, and build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering, and with burnt, with burnt offering, and with whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. And we maybe look at those two verses and say, now what does that have to do with the ending of this psalm? And I am open, if, if I'm not interpreting it correctly here, I'd be open to one of you speaking into this. But we look at the, he refers to the fallen walls of Jerusalem. And if you're aware of the history there, um, David, when he was king, eventually Israel was conquered and the walls were torn down. And, and, and the walls around Jerusalem were destroyed. And I think He's saying here, in, in the midst of that, it wasn't that God wanted those walls to be rebuilt, and it wasn't that God wanted them just to keep right on sacrificing because this is what we do and we're the Israelites. God said, no, I don't want those sacrifices. Those aren't important to me. What I want is for Israel to serve me with their heart. And when their heart is restored and when their heart is well, 
then I want their sacrifices. He's not saying don't sacrifice and I don't care about that, but he's saying I want their hearts. And then when they sacrifice, that's what I want. When they've been restored and when they sacrifice with a heart that is full of a sacrifice of praise, that's what God wants is a nation that is whole, a nation that has been healed. This sin of USB is big, and I, I tried to cover it in two Sundays, and I know I didn't cover, all, cover it all in depth, and I, and I heard some feedback from some of you last Sunday, and I, I really appreciated that. I, I really appreciate feedback I got from you, and I was, I was encouraged by some of that. And so I know there are some loose ends here. And I'm going to put a, a slide up, and I want you to, to consider this. And this is, I believe this with my heart, is that the pursuit of purity is not about the suppression of lust, but about the reorientations of one's life to a larger goal. What is that saying? You know, we can stay away from all the wickedness. We can put all kinds of blockers on our phones. We can do all of that. And I, and I think we should take, we should create habits like that that are guardrails for us. But that's not going to fix the problem. It's a bigger problem than a lust problem. It's bigger than that. And the unfortunate thing is I don't feel like I have time and, and um, you probably don't have the patience for us to get into all of that. But I want you to be aware that it's a bigger thing than just I'm going to do better. It's a bigger thing than just pulling myself up by my own bootstraps and I'm going to put blinders on and, and now. We need to have a reorientation of life. And what needs to happen is we need to begin to focus on why I'm created, who created me, and what does he want from me. And when we begin to focus on that, it begins to make sense why I'm struggling in some of these things. It's because my focus has turned off a of God and what he has given me to do, and I'm focused on something else. And I think we need to deal with that. I think we need to face that. You know, that tire that I got fixed, it's proven itself trustworthy. It's still on my van today. I would drive that thing. I'd take it on a trip. No problem. Because it's been repaired correctly. It's proved itself trustworthy. And you see, in the same way, when, when, we, when there's a hole in our life, when there's a hole when there's sin in my life and it's dealt with properly and we heal properly, there's full restoration possible. When we choose to make good choices and we choose redemption, God's way, there's forgiveness available, brothers and sisters. And there is freedom. There is peace that we can experience. I want to leave that with you. It is not, we do not have to 
live in that state of failure. God did not design it like that. If he did, the cross was a failure. Because I believe that when we come to the cross and we confess and we begin this process, is it an easy process? No, it's not an easy journey. It's a hard journey. But when we begin that process of confession and healing, restoration, and we take time for it to heal properly, there is restoration available. There is healing available. There is peace available. There's forgiveness available. Even when sometimes I think, boy, I'm just not sure we're going to get through this. There is a way out. There is there is victory available. Past failure, failures do not determine future success. Past failures do not determine future success when God is in our lives and we're following Him. I want to leave with you with a scripture. And I opened last Sunday with this scripture in 1 Corinthians 6. But we didn't look at this first verse. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? And we understand fornication as a sin between two unmarried people. But in this context, he's referring to sexual sin in a larger sense when you look at the original. And so he's not just calling out that sin, but he's saying, this sin, every sin affects me, and it affects people around me, but this sin affects me personally probably more than other sins do when I commit it. And it takes time to heal. But there's forgiveness available. There is hope. The next verse, verse 20 says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We've been bought, brothers and sisters. We've been bought with a price. And we should glorify God through our body, with our bodies. Because we are gods. This wasn't just a filler slide. I don't know where you find yourself, but I, I believe with Christ's help, when we are going one direction and we discover that we are not going the right direction, it is fully possible with Christ and with taking biblical steps to make a complete turnaround and go the other way. Change is possible. And I want that change for each of you. I want that change for me. And I, I don't know where you find yourself, but if that's you, if, if you want that change, it's available and I would love to encourage you. I would love to I would love for you to be part of my change also because I need this change. And I'm just saying if if you find yourself needing help, we as brothers, we need to get together because we need each other. And it's not you're not the only one. 
and know you're not the only one with a tough story. There's others of us who have stories too that, you know, I really wish I could forget. But there is victory available. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. Lord, thank you for the work of the cross. Lord, thank you for forgiveness that we can experience. And I pray that you would work in our hearts. Help us to be open to change. Lord, help us to take that first step. And I pray that you would be honored and glorified through our lives and the way that we live them. And may we um, be patient with those who have hurt around us. And I pray that you would help us to um, care for them and to be patient and to yet be honest, Lord, with the tough things that we may have in our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Kendall, for being used of the Lord to bring us the message this morning.